0: Experience the joy of watching your friends and family's faces light up when you feed them wild game you harvested and made them delicious sausages. Or meat you barbecue and grill with the finest seasonings available. Visit our friends at Waltons.com to find everything you need to turn wild game into tasty meat snacks or spice up your barbecue with new flavors and seasonings. With over 500 seasonings to choose from, there's something that everyone will love. They even have step by step videos and how to articles at Beaches 6 to help you go from animal to edible. Use coupon Rangers 15 at checkout to save 15% on your first order at Waltons.com. Waltons, everything but the meat.
1: This is Robin Hearn from News Channel 6 now in Wichita Falls, and you are listening to the Rangers Report the podcast. Hear
2: Ranger yeah, the Rangers.
1: inside scoop listen to the ranger report oh here we go this is the ranger report podcast news insights predictions interviews and information about the texas rangers from the major leagues to the minor leagues And now, here are your hosts, Ben Dieter and C.J. Berryman.
2: All right, I'll tell you the same thing I thought everyone else. We had Victor Rojas on one time, and we had like a great conversation like you and we just did, and it went, you know, 30 minutes, and we were like, that was so good. Realized I never hit record. <laughs>
1: I've done that before. That's the worst yeah. feeling in the
2: world. I emailed Victor and he sent back that he was really upset. He said, Man, I gave you my best stuff. How could you not hit record? And then he said, no. He said no, I'm just kidding. That's <laughs> funny.
1: Yeah. I've done that. I've, I've been there. It's an awful feeling. Yeah, he, he, totally, he totally
2: understood. He was just yeah. like, No, nah, we'll do it again. CJ wanted to kill me, but but Victor understood. <laughs> <laughs> no right, comment. Well, no yeah, comment. no comment. Thank you. All right. Well, welcome to the Ranger Report podcast. We are thrilled to be joined today by the Ranger. Rangers radio networks, Jared Sandler, Jared, how are you doing?
1: I'm great guys. Thanks so much for having me.
2: Yeah. Thanks for coming on again, man. All right, let's start. We'll start where we started. We had Matt Hicks on last weekend because it's still happening. What kind of tear is Nate Lowe on right now?
1: It's been a lot of fun to watch. Uh, you know, I I remember when the Rangers acquired him, I was obviously familiar with him. He had, you know, spent some time with Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, I, I vaguely familiar as he was coming up through their system, but I remember the conversation was like, is he an everyday player? or Is he just, you know, a platoon guy? And, uh, you know, the first month of the season in 2021, he really struggled against lefties. And so the thought was, all right, hey, that's fine. You know, we'll just, we'll be a platoon guy. And, and you can have platoons, platoons work. You know, you just got to have the right pieces to, to make it work. And then uh, I think the date is like April 28th or 27th, somewhere in late April, he had like a, multi-hit game against a lefty and from that point moving forward I think I haven't checked actually in the last week or so but I think his batting average uh among left-handed hitters against left-handed pitching from that point on is the best in baseball uh and you know his power numbers aren't necessarily the best but they're up there you know they're they're really good and he's just become a complete everyday hitter now is he perfect no uh you know he's obviously not perfect but when you make a trade with the Tampa Bay Rays, you kind of nervous, right? They they don't seems like they don't miss very often, but uh, I don't know if I I bet if you asked people at the Rays if they expected this out of Nathaniel Lowe, they'd probably tell you. I mean, we thought he was good, but maybe not this good. And and you know, the season he's having is really impressive. And I think it's put the Rangers in a great position. I mean, the reality is, uh, you know, the Rangers have. Uh, a lot of options with Nathaniel Lowe and, and, you know, whether that's, you know, him being a part of the lineup next year or, you know, interest drawn in, in trade talks this off season. And, you know, that's a testament to, to Nate and the, the seasons he's the season he's had, but the thing that's impressed me the most about him, what's in my opinion made him most successful is that he has developed a really good understanding of his strengths and his weaknesses. And, I think it's it's easy to say that, but I think it's tough, especially for athletes, you know, have egos and and they're used to, you know, the bravado of being the best and this and that of really recognizing and embracing weaknesses. And what I mean by embracing it is, is not just knowing that you have it, but, you know, dealing with it, however it is, it makes sense to deal with it, whether it's, you know, obviously, on one hand, trying to get better at those things and turning weaknesses into areas of neutrality or even strengths, but in Nathaniel's case, it's bread and butter. But if it's a strike, it's a strike. And that doesn't mean you need to swing in it on OO and he lays off that pitch unless he's looking for it because he knows people are going to attack that zone. But if it's in a, you know, a two strike or he'll foul the pitch off. Whereas a lot of guys with their weaknesses, they, they swing and miss. And uh, I think, you know, if you really were to go back and go at bat by at bat here over the second half, you would notice a lot of foul balls in areas of the zone specifically with fastballs in which he does not typically have success and he forces pitchers to come to him. And when they do, he, he takes advantage of it.
0: I'm glad you brought up his batting average against lefties, Jared, because for the year he's hitting 346 against them. That's a, that's a stark contrast from what we were used to seeing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's, and that's huge guys, right? Like Nathaniel Lowe and Corey Seager, both lefties who hit lefties really well. And Mm -hmm you know, teams are still going to try and match up because oftentimes they feel like it's more advantageous for their pitcher. But when it's advantageous for their pitcher and disadvantageous for their hitter, then it really swings in favor of the pitcher. When it's not a disadvantage for the hitter, then it just becomes another, you know, another matchup. And, uh, you know, it's it's a part of, I know the Rangers have struggled late in games and obviously their record is what it is. Uh, but it's it's one reason why the Rangers have been way more competitive, you know, late in games and against bullpens this year compared to last, because yeah. he takes some of their best hitters and they don't really have matchup volatility.
0: And he's hitting 301 for the year, and then he might be that you said this stat on the on the radio the other night. I believe it was against Minnesota that he was hitting 299 and he might he might be as it looks like right now, he might be the first ranger to hit for 300 since was it 2017
1: elvis andrews it was 16 with elvis 16. and beltre yeah okay. uh, beltre hit 300 and Elvis, i think it 302 so okay. i mean and it just doesn't happen and, and i'm not you know i'm not a big uh you know i i think sometimes i get like labeled because a i'm not 65 and B I do love the advanced (laughs) stats, but like Uh I'm not one of these guys who thinks that a game should be played on a computer. And I'm not one of these guys who thinks that batting average is irrelevant. Now I don't think batting average is more important than on base or slugging. And then, you know, together OPS, but I do think batting average is significant because no one is going to (laughs) complain when there's a guy who gets hits and uh, hitting 300, especially in a year in which offense is down across the league. Uh hitting 300, is an incredible accomplishment. And it's, it's been fun to watch. It yeah. Was. But, so but that,
2: CJ, what's fuck. his Woba? No, I'm just
1: kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but Hey but guys, I, listen, I need to be fair. I, I, I love Woba. I think Woba is a very valuable stat. And, but it, the problem is in this sport that we all love that is losing interest by the day yeah. is that some of these stats that front offices use to evaluate players, and, and that's a gauge for me, right? Like, if a front office, if people whose jobs are on the line based on their evaluation are going to use a certain statistic, then it means something. If they're going to, you know, if it's like X, Y, Z, Q plus times seven, and they're like, I don't know what the hell that means. I don't room care room. about that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? But the problem is, how do you explain X WOBA? You know, it's, it's a very, you have to have a visual, you have to, yeah. and even then, it, and so it's tough. It's tough for us to have a conversation about X-WOBA yeah. because mm-hmm. people listening have no clue what that is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I think that hurts the game, but it's yeah. just the reality of it. So I think X-WOBA is a great stat, but I mean, it's just, it's a tough one to talk about because it's yep. a tough one to explain.
0: Yeah, it, it really is. And then speaking of, you know, we're talking about batting average being down across the league. Really, the past couple of years, it's been down. Yeah, you got a guy like Adoles Garcia who had his hitting streak in on Sunday. Uh, he struck out in the ninth inning. Uh, but something I believe it was Evan Grant wrote that they, there is something to take away from that at bat. It's that, and from what Adoles Garcia did through that entire hitting streak. It wasn't a blow away. He hit 330, 340 during the streak. It was kind of like a right, little over 300. So it was like a hit a game and, and, and but his bats are getting better and better. And so in talking about, you know, learning what your weaknesses are, are you, and, and being able to, to understand it and adapt to your own weaknesses and what pitchers are going to do to you, do you see Adolis doing the same thing?
1: Yeah, I think. So, first of all, uh, he's got a lot better hitting off speed pitches this year. Yeah. Uh, and you know, for a guy in his, let's just call it his second year. I mean, I know he didn't make his major league debut last year, but for all intents and purposes, that was his first year. I mean, he was technically a rookie and this is his second year. A lot of second year players who have a similar profile to Adolis really struggle their second year. And, and by profile, I mean, they swing and miss a lot and they chase a lot. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the other thing for Adolis that's really specific to him is You know he hasn't been great against velocity, and we're in a day and age where velocity is the norm. It's it's not the exception. And uh, I thought he was a strong candidate to really regress. You know, I had I had concerns that by mid-May Adolis wouldn't be an everyday player. And to his credit, that is absolutely not the case. And uh, he has grown. Now, is Adolis? You know, he's an he's such an interesting guy because he does kind of defy uh, a lot of the trends that suggest sustainable or consistent success. Uh, He still is not a high on base guy. He still is someone who swings and misses a lot and chases a lot. And he's still not great against velocity. He's gotten better, but he's really improved in his areas of strength to maximize the output in those areas and he has made other, like, you know, he hasn't gone backwards in areas. He hasn't yeah. maybe made big jumps. He hasn't gone backwards. So, you know, he still, to me, isn't a guy you're going to build a lineup around. I don't think a a world series contending lineup is going to have a Garcia hitting third or fourth or even fifth. But I think sometimes like when I say that people think, Oh, he's just, you know, he's not a good hitter. now well, you look at the, the lineups of teams that are, Competing for a World Series, or we view as World Series, you know, competitors this year. Look at who's hitting six for them. Look at who's hitting seven. We're yeah. not talking about a guy who is a slap hitter who you know might hit five home runs a year. Those are still really good hitters, and I, I think he slots more into that sort of a role. And then on top of that, you know, obviously he's he's good on the bases. He will make some aggressive mistakes, but overall. He is a, a you know, a, a value added on the bases and he's really good defensively uh, and and yeah. r- like really, really good. And, uh, you know, he is a winning player. And then the other thing is he brings energy. You know, I, I I don't think one of my biggest pet peeves is when people take a player and because of their ability, they try to Position them as someone who they're not, and a lot mm-hmm. of times that is as a yeah. leader, right? Not everyone is wired to be that way, and the reality is, you know, like, I'll we'll take Cole Calhoun, and, and Cole Calhoun's not a part of the future or anything, but Cole Calhoun is a fiery, competitive personality, and that's great. You can't have sick Cole Calhoun; that's not going to work. Yeah. The, the, that's going to be about the butts heads. You you probably don't need. 26 Adolis Garcia. I, I think you can have them because to me, he's a high energy just beacon of positivity and joy. But this is a team that's got a lot of stoic personality. And Adolis Garcia is a very refreshing cup of, of energy and joy and and jubilance. And I I you know you can't measure that, but I don't think that's just some immaterial thing. I I think there's value there. And especially on a team that still has a lot of young guys. And, Uh, I just, I think he's been a very valuable part of what the Rangers have done this year. Obviously not through the lens of competing in 2022, because they're not going to be a playoff team, but as far as their growth and and steps they've taken towards getting back to the playoffs, I think Adolis Garcia has been a big part of that. And I'll also then add the same thing I've added. I added for Nathaniel Lowe. Long-term, that could mean as a part of the everyday lineup, or it could mean as a part of a move that ultimately helps the team yeah. uh, in other areas, but uh, he's going to help them either way.
2: Yeah. And speaking of, you brought up young guys like Duran and Leo de Tavares. I wanted to talk about a guy who only one team has figured out how to slow him down on the bases so far. And that was Houston by giving a home run, home run up to Bubba Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> the only way that you made him jog around the bases instead of sprint, but yeah. uh, how impressive has he been in his debut? Just trying to show that maybe he belongs as a guy coming in off the bench.
1: Yeah, he, he really has been, you know, and he, he, Hasn't hit for a lot of power. Obviously, Uh, the first game of the Houston series hit his first career home run, Uh, but you know that that hasn't you know been his calling card so far. But he's competed, and you know the concern for me with Bubba was that you know he's not a guy who has demonstrated great plate discipline. No, even as he's had success, you know he's a very aggressive hitter, and you know usually at the big league level, people are going to feast on that, and that's going to that's going to come back and bite you. And so far he's found ways to compete and his speed's been a big part of it. You know, he's yeah. not unwilling to bunt and mm-hmm. he's not, he's not unwilling to use that as a weapon. Uh, Baba does have power, right? You know, he's, yeah. I don't, he's not a yeah, 30 home run hitter. Yeah. I think he can hit, you know, if, if things work out for Baba, if Baba establishes himself and, you know, reaches a reasonable level of, of whatever his potential is, Uh, I think Bubba is a guy who could have, you know, 20 home runs in a season. I think he's got that type of power, but, uh, he's so valuable just getting on base. And so he's not someone who you necessarily want to compromise getting on base for the power. Um, I, you know, I don't know that we have any definitive answers on Bubba long-term, but I think it's definitely been encouraging the success that he's had so far.
0: It's a hell of a defensive outfield with him, Laoti and Adolis.
1: And they cover a lot of ground. You know, <laughs> it's, uh, no, yeah, they, that's, that, that's fun to watch. And that's and that's been important for this team. This is not a team that's got a great infield defense and it's something right. that's got to get better. Uh, but their outfield defense has been really good here, especially of late.
0: Well, speaking of a, a beacon of joy and a, and a cup of just positivity, uh, bringing that to the club, you cannot, you can't go any further than Tony Beasley. I don't think and, uh, how do you think he's done? And and we talked to Matt about this, and he said he's talked to a lot of uh, opposing coaches and you know whatnot and managers, and he said it's it, just about each every one of them said it's been a long time coming, or this should have happened a long time ago for somebody. For some yeah, team.
1: yeah, it, Tony Beasley's a great just human being. I, I yeah. think you know most importantly, I I know that we we look at him through the, the lens of athletics. Did you, did you see
0: him sing happy birthday to Taylor and Robin? <laughs> he, he,
1: he, yeah. I mean, he sings it to everyone. You know, that's, that's his thing. He's if it's your birthday to me, I have an in-season birthday. And I mean, it really makes a lot of it embarrassing, but like in front of 40 people, he just <laughs> like puts his hand on you and starts singing happy birthday. <laughs> uh, he's a great guy. I, I don't, I don't know you know, I, and he even said like, he's someone who just, he really lives in the moment. I I don't know that Tony Beasley the last few years has been like ladder climbing to become a manager. I just don't think that's, I I think he loves, he genuinely loves being able to be in a position to impact people uh, on and off the field. And, you know, I think now that he is in the interim role, I, I think, you know, he's obviously, uh, Enjoy that. And and I don't think he would ever turn down being the manager of a, a team, but I don't think it's, you know, I think there there's certain people who they're in certain roles and, but their ultimate goal is to be a manager. And I don't, I don't want to frame it as if he's not ambitious. I just, I think he's kind of felt like, and he's a very spiritual religious man. And I, I think he really does believe like, you know, whatever the path is for him, that's the path. Odds are probably not great that he's going to be this team's manager beyond this year. Uh I also would tell you that I think it's very likely that he is given the, the option, uh, or sorry, let me rephrase that. I think it's very likely that uh, he's been the option. He would absolutely stay a support yeah. staff again. So, uh, but it's been great. And he's got so much respect from the players. Uh, you know, I, I think, empathy is, is such a huge part of of this role. And, and I want to also make, I think Chris Woodward was someone who, who had that as well. I I think that Chris Woodward is, you know, also someone who, you know, just an awesome human being, but uh, I I think empathy is such a big part of the role. And I think Tony Beasley has demonstrated that he's got the ear of the players. And um, I just, I, I, I don't know, you know, it's so tough for an interim manager in such a short time to make an impact yeah so I don't want to overstate it, but I do think that you know he's kind of reinstilled a little bit of a little bit of grit uh, and he you know bees has an old school mentality, and that in some ways is probably not going to serve him well in a, in an interview because you know, I think that uh, there's got to be at least a, a little bit of a mix of the new school stuff and I think Bees was raised on on baseball a certain way, and he's convicted in that. The things that matter to him are things that I think it's important for these guys to hear. Yeah, uh, and I think that's that's an impact that he's had.
2: I agree with you. And you, speaking of character, I've noticed you know we we've interviewed a lot of minor league players. Uh, along the way, the last few years, and we've talked to uh, Jeff Wilson and John Moore, who do their podcast. They've done the same thing. The way that I mean, the character guys that the Rangers are bringing into the franchise are just amazing right now. Like we haven't talked to one guy that we've been like, well, you know, that guy is uh, that guy. We didn't really like talking to him. Yeah.
1: So you're you're talking about the character guys, though, right? And I I do think yep. that's important. Uh, you know, you're not going to have 26 Boy Scouts in uniform, and then no, you know, but. It, it is important, and especially in the leadership positions. Uh, again, because uh, I just think, you know, what what goes into being a leader. I, you know, it's not about giving the new rockney rah rah speeches. I mean, those those moments are so few and far between. It's just the idea of showing up and looking someone in the eye and knowing that they care about you and that they, you know, they they want to help you and they want to be a part of your journey. And, uh, I think good people feel that way. I think good people aren't just only in it for themselves, even though that, you know, that's still in a lot of cases that, that has to be their priority. Uh, especially in this sport where, yeah, it's a team sport, but it's such an individual sport and the individual, the individuality is, is important, but, I uh, I think it's important to have people who care. Uh, And and I think that's been a point of emphasis for the Rangers. And, and I'd also say this, I I don't think that that's like, I don't think there are organizations out there who are like, yeah, we want total, you know, what holes, but like, (laughs) um, but Hey, I'd also say this though. There's great value in having guys on the field who are that, you know, they just, they want to rip your heart out and, they don't care. It doesn't matter who's in their way. They are going to just at all costs, you know, try and accomplish whatever they're accomplishing. But I think in a lot of those leadership positions, that's definitely been a point of emphasis.
0: Well, I think I, I speak for Ben here. When I say, uh, as, as we wrap up here, we, uh, we enjoy listening to the, to the broadcast that you guys, you three guys, Matt, Matt Hicks, uh, obviously uh, Eric Nadel and yourself are just awesome. It's It's just such a, if you can't watch the game on on TV, or even if you are, sometimes I'm watching the game on TV and have you guys on the radio. So you guys do a wonderful job, and we can't we can't thank y'all enough for being uh being cordial enough to come on here and, and, and chat baseball with us. We could talk to you all <laughs> night long, but I'm, you got a you got you know you haven't been married that long. You got kids, now. <laughs> so I think I think you, we better let you run off. But I can't let you go without a little bit of some a couple funny nuggets. Yeah. Uh, So we've had our our fair share of ladies on this podcast, but somehow you're the only one that's come on here and said that
1: I looked hot. (laughs) (laughs) That was last time, right? Yeah, Yeah, it was. That's you know, when I remember I was, that you did. You look great. Hey, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm not afraid to admit it. <laughs> You're still hey, uh, one
2: in my in my book too, sweetheart. We we had some great we had some great uh, cologne talk with Matt Hicks last uh, yeah, week. Yeah, I was about to bring that
0: up too because I was listening to the broadcast where you and Eric and Matt were talking about his agua de Joe moment. Yeah, <laughs> with Mrs. Hicks and and I told I texted or I, I tweeted that I've worn agua de Joe for 20 years. It's, it's my go to, and you said you have it too. And, yeah, uh, I think Mrs. Hicks is the only one that I've ever heard that didn't just love it.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I so I'm not like savvy at all. So I, I don't even know what I use now, but I do know. I basically use whatever, like once a year, someone will give me cologne as a gift and I don't run through cologne that much. So I just use whatever is given to me. Uh, but at one one year it was aqua de joe and I, I liked it. So, mm-hmm. you know, if I ever was in a position where I had to buy it, I would absolutely buy it. Yeah.
0: And I, uh, I told Matt this too. It's kind of embarrassing, but hey, I, I like to smell good, but I've got 11 different kinds of cologne and I have a different <laughs> cologne for depending on what color I wear. So, oh, is that a Acre, thing? Yeah, I, it's a yeah. thing with me. But uh, okay. yeah, aqua de joe is my white and purple go to.
2: Yeah. After you admit that, CJ, you need to get a girlfriend.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. I well, can I ask the reasoning? Is it what's the what's not, the reasoning behind that?
0: No, there really isn't. I'm just weird with with how I smell. It's okay. just, that's a quirk. No, no I'm a, I'm weird. weird. Yeah,
1: I, I've got a lot of quirk. I mean, I'm not I'm not knocking the I just didn't know if there was like a strategy behind it. No, there is no strategy.
0: It's just okay. hey, I it's think just a quirk. This, this is this is a this is a smell that goes grid with maroon. You know, well, to, be
2: on, to be honest with you, it's not the weirdest quirk I, I've heard. I have a friend who has left-footed socks and right-footed socks. Like okay. he, he has to keep them separated. He knows which ones are for his left feet and which ones are his right feet. And I mean, I'm lucky if I match socks when I get up in the morning. <laughs> I mean, I'm a teacher, nobody looks at my feet, so it's
0: not really a big deal. It's like it's like a, a Robert Barone quirk from Everybody Loves Raymond, where he, yeah, he has yeah. to count the he has to separate the goods and the plenties.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly.
2: Well, good looking CJ and Cologne talk aside. Jared, we always appreciate your time, sir.
1: Ben and CJ, I appreciate you guys and and your listeners would never know this, but I'm gonna tell them I. I, I missed out on an interview earlier in the week and I made you guys wait on this one. And, uh, I'm, I'm very type a, my schedule is, you know, I try to keep it tight and I, and so I, 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 don't like when people do that to me. So I've sincerely apologize. but you no. guys are great. And I, I appreciate it.
0: No, man, yeah, we no appreciate problem. you very yeah. much. And, and, uh, we, uh, Hey, we know that you're busy. We're all busy, you know? So sh- shit happens. I'll say it. Hey, hey, next time I
2: next time I cover a game, I'll buy you the staff dinner.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That works. That works. Oh, oh, hey. uh, While the game was going on today, Jared, did you see that our Spurs? uh, I did
1: drawing. So if I was if I was doing pre and post, I would have been watching the whole thing. Yeah. Um, When I'm doing play by play, which I was today, I just Mm -hmm. I'm too. If I know it's if I'm watching, like if it's on. I will watch it and I, it's not good. So yeah, I saw, yeah. you know, I get the updates for goals mm-hmm. and stuff and I saw there was a penalty that was overturned because of VAR and,
0: and yeah. And our only goal ended up
2: being an own goal. To, so you soccer people. Yeah. Or excuse me, football. My bad. Sorry. Come on, you Spurs. Okay, go back
1: and watch it. Right. So <laughs> yeah, um, I'll go back and watch it, but, uh, I'm just happy to, to get out of West Ham with a point. I mean, that's just, you know, that has not happened very much in recent years. So yeah, I'm not no, upset about that.
0: They're a team. It's they're Obviously West Ham's not a, a walkover team. You know, they're not bad by. Yeah. Team, they
1: got off to a know. slow start, but that's yeah. not a bad team. So, I mean, I don't think we're playing well uh, to start the year, but if not playing well means we haven't uh, gone out of a match without any points, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's fine.
0: I'm down with it. Cause
1: it's, yeah, it's going to get better. If Erling Holland's going to score three goals a match i mean we, we're uh, we're all playing for second anyway so what does it matter?
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean man city man, man they're they're turning yeah. into the patriots right now <laughs> it's unreal
2: yeah all right well jared thanks again we will talk to you again probably in the off season sir
1: appreciate you guys looking forward to it as always all right, all right thanks everybody take, take care bye-bye. bye-bye thanks for listening to the ranger report podcast find us on twitter facebook and at the